Hi, my name is Micah Norgard, a yoga and meditation teacher in the Washington, D.C. area, and this is Sacred Exchange, a podcast that tells the stories of those that have set out to heal themselves in different modalities. Each guest will focus on what set them on their path to healing and the why and how of that practice. From yoga to the healing arts, this is a sacred exchange of methods and tools to heal. Welcome back, everyone. You know who I am. This is Micah, and this is Sacred Exchange. And of course, we have a near dear friend from my 300 training with that same interweaving thread of Embrace Yoga DC and that wonderful spirit, Chili Fly School of Yoga. I have Don Rivers with me today, and Don Rivers is going to speak about the love and passion of chakras. So, Don, let the listeners know who you are. Invite them into our space. Okay. Thank you, Micah. I'm excited to be here, um, to be asked to be on your program. Um, I'm from the greater Cleveland area. My name is Dawn Rivers, or Dawn M. Rivers, as I call myself. And um, I've been practicing yoga for about 21 years. And um, I came to D.C. through Faith after finding her on Instagram and was immediately attracted to her her work. And I met you. And um, uh, I said, like, swag, follow swag. Our, our energies like connected right away. <laughs> And um, I just was like, that's my boy right there. That's my boy. So the 300-hour training in D.C. was amazing. And it helped me get to this love of chakras that I know we're going to talk about. Um, But when I first started, I was a power vinyasa yoga teacher. And I was trained in 2013 here in Cleveland, which is um, very much asana-based practice, which I needed. I didn't realize how much my body needed certain releases. I wasn't very athletic growing up. I was a little uncoordinated. I was a dancer kind of ish. I played sports kind of ish, but yoga became my thing. And I was able to physically express certain things that I didn't know were there. They, I felt like it would come out of my root, out through my fingertips, out through the top of my head, through my toes. I was seen in a different way. I was elegant. I was graceful. Um, and yoga came to me at a time when I needed not just physical healing, but spiritual and psychological healing. So I'm a Christian. I felt like Jesus gave me yoga. I would say Jesus and yoga saved my life. And this practice of um, moving, which now I know is part of this prana, it's um, Shakti energy through the Kundalini, was moving through my body and healing my chakras balancing them as they were going up but i didn't know it at the time it was a physical thing there was pranayama and there was a little bit of meditation and shavasana more or less was because you were exhausted from this power class but at least i still learned to surrender in shavasana so that um, came at my at a time in my life where nothing else was really working and um I practiced power vinyasa for about 10 years. It was my only thing and I loved it. And then when I found Faith and um, she came to Columbus, Ohio, which is about two and a half hours away, 
I was a groupie. Because <laughs> <laughs> I had started looking, I had created Daybreak Yoga. I had some private clients that worked at the YMCA. I'd done some corporate events. Um, but most of my cohorts were were white and not people of color. And I was like, well, where are we at? Because when I would practice in a hot studio, and this is for my sisters who used to have relaxers, now my hair is natural, or you had what was we called a press and curl or a silk press. If you sweated out your hair, you no longer had straight hair. So being in a power vinyasa class where you're sweating, it's 90 degrees, it's 90 minutes, and you were sweating from every pour your body, your hair is trashed. So I didn't have a lot of people of color, especially black women practicing yoga with me. So when I, Instagram became a thing and I started to learn how to use it and I started to look for yogis of color, she came up and I was like, who is this woman? Wait, what? So she was this, this person I needed to find. And she came to Ohio. Uh, it's about two and a half hour drive from Cleveland. I'd already been down there for some other stuff. And she was at this beautiful place where his mother and two daughters, they own a studio. They're also women of color. And I brought her a t-shirt. I was like, um, so I have these teas um, and I wanted to give it to you. And I have another question. Will you be my mentor? And she was like, yeah, if you do my 500 hour, 300 hour training. I was like, wait, what? I said, but it's in DC. I live in Ohio. So the other friend who was there, she had also started the training and she was like, Dawn, you can do it. And I was like, I don't know. Cause at the time I had a full-time job. This is before I opened um, my studio full-time and I came in September and that's when I met you, Micah. This is September, 2018. And yeah. Wow. Was it 18, 19? It was 18. 18. It was 18. Yeah. And I sat there and I looked around at the people that were in there and not everybody was in our cohort. I think it was me, you, and maybe a couple other people because it started that January. And I was like, this is, this is what I need. And the things that we learned together and by the end of our, our 12 months, I knew that energy, like an energy worker, more or less, was what I needed on top of my asana practice and using asana to move energy through the body, to heal it, to balance it, to restore it, to awaken it, or like I say, to make you happy, whole, and free is, that was part of my path. So God was like, here you go. We'll make it work. I know DC is a long way away. And sometimes I would um, drive home after our training and get home at midnight but it was what I needed. And you, when there's something that you want, nothing will stop you from getting it. I, I would definitely agree with you there. And, you know, you say swag recognizes swag, but I'll, I'll just say energy doesn't lie. And you know that yes. when you start to pick up on these energies and after 21 years of practice, yeah, I would definitely say you are attuned to the energies, but it's so funny that we both have this almost divine mentor who has led us along these paths and has been a guiding light. Honestly, if, if you look back at these episodes, almost, I, I, I cannot mention how many people faith Hunter has touched mm -hmm. and inspired and to not 
be a carbon copy, but to be their most authentic mm -hmm. self, right? And to right. like live their truths and to live with love as their only option. I, I, I can just hear love is your only option and lead with love. And yeah, it's, and then you talk about this energy worker, which I love how you say that because it, it does feel like people, energy worker, I'm like, yeah, it <laughs> takes work. It takes work. You have oh, to yeah. put in, you have to do the asana, you have to do the, the self-study, you have to do the pranayama and the sitting in stillness even. And mm -hmm. can you, can to go back to the chakras, when was like the really the first time? Could you, because sometimes I remember there's like the first time I really felt the chakras was when I actually <laughs> remarkably got a hands-on assist from uh, Stuart in one of his Friday night wow. classes mm -hmm. in Urdhva Dhanurasana in that wheel posture. And I, I felt an energy inside my heart that felt like nothing before. And I remember coming down and he said, pull your knees into the chest. And next thing I know, I had tears coming from my eyes. And I'm like, mm -hmm. And it was not until after class when I was asked, you know, what's going on? Are you okay? Not in the most loving and sincere way. And I was like, I don't know not what's going on. I've never felt that energy. And that was when I said, oh, I said energy. <laughs> and everyone looked at me. They're like, oh, like they, everyone's like, oh, you had your heart open for the first time. Like it was like this, <laughs> like all the yogis just looked at me and were like, oh, because I, I still had tears coming. So can you think of a moment? It could be several moments because sometimes it's in a culminating. But can you just share like in your past when you felt that that healing, that aha moment? Well, I didn't know either. Um, I would go back to when I, in my Christian walk, I was a campus minister in college. When I was 18, I got like baptized with the Holy Spirit, as they call it. And it was a change physically, I feel like, because this woman, she was like, your aura. And I was like, what's an aura? She was like, your aura is so bright and shining. And I was like, oh. And I just felt like clean and, and new. And so when we think about the aura is coming out of your crown, because you're, when your crown is open, you're connected to God more. And this, this experience had it. And so she, she prophesied over my life saying, you're a light on a hill. And so that's what daybreak yoga, my yoga studio is. My um, logo is a sun coming out of two hills. And I feel like when I really have thought about energy and spirit is I feel like they're the same thing. That was when mm -hmm. I first felt it in my life. And then when it came to understanding it in a yoga practice is when I used to be a karma yogi at um, Cleveland Yoga, which is where I got my training. It's a Baron Baptiste affiliate. So it's power. And this one teacher, I used to think she was like Jesus. I said, she walking on water. <laughs> you know how like certain people, they just have like this thing about them and they, 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 the way they talk and how they practice. It's just, I don't know, flowy and clean. It's and grace. It is grace. But since I was going through so much stuff and it was time for hip openers, I would cry. And I was her karma, so I had to be by the door. But she would come over to me telling her philosophical stories or whatever. And she would place her hands on my hips and it was like <clears throat> the floodgates would open. And I was like, um, 
what, what is this? <laughs> but it would happen over and over. And then once I learned about the, the, you know, sacral chakra, that that's where we hold some of this emotion. I was like, oh, and so when people would say to me, like, I would get emotional, I didn't understand. I was like, well, I look at it as, and I told this story before too, um, we're carbon and everything is carbon. We're energy and there's energy in everything, in the trees and the plants and the rocks, you know, everything in the sun and the, and the water. And if we think of um, amber, which is tree sap that has been, you know, crushed and pressed down, petrified or whatever, and it becomes a gemstone, that's still that energy and that carbon from the tree. And it's always been there. And it just makes it, it takes a different form. So in our bodies, certain energies get pressed down and we forget it's there. And then these practices of hip openers and sometimes back bends and sometimes rooting comes out emotionally through tears. Maybe even through, um, you know, like when you, start to cry and you're, you heave and you might not even have wet tears, but the body shakes. That's the release of this pent down, pressed down. And so it has to come out. And it's, it's a beautiful gem if you, if you allow it. Yes. And, you know, I, that's so beautiful that you explain that release that the, and it is because, you know, in the, in the previous episode, uh, Nia, Adula speaks about how the sacral energy and the heart energy mm-hmm. are so connected, how they yes. interweave. And yes. they, you know, if, it, if it's coming through your heart, it's going through your sacral. And I always say open hips, open heart. Yeah. And you know what's, um, you know, what's so funny, Don, is <laughs> unintentionally, because sometimes I, I think about just elements as instead of chakras, but mm-hmm. this, this whole month has been all about sacral energy and heart energy and all my classes and everything. And it's just been this, because that's where I hold my trauma in my heart and in my mm-hmm. sacral. And mm-hmm. of course, that's where my intuition wants to guide the classes to mm-hmm. because that's what it wants to release. But, I mean, where are we? We are in a perpetual state of grief. And I just wrote that whole long, um, um, Instagram post after taking some time away. I did a staycation at an Airbnb here in Cleveland. We have Lake Erie. So downtown, it's beautiful. It's a big lake. And I was like, I need to get out of water because by now I would have been in the Caribbean somewhere in August. So I went there and we still, like you guys, we get some of the residual winds from the hurricane. And I know you guys have like crazy weather in DC. And we get some of that too. (laughs) Right. So the water, the first day I was there, the water was like tumultuous. And when I sat by the water on the dock of this, um, this Airbnb, I cried like I didn't know I needed to. Then the next day, the water was a little calmer. I still cried. And then the third day it was calm and I was better. But that was the release of the grief and the trauma that was stored in my body. And I need it to be by water. And so the element that goes with that part in your hips mm-hmm. is water. Yes, it is. <laughs> oh, I love that you did that for me. <laughs> <laughs> so keep on teaching from the heart and from the hips. Just do it. A little air and a little water. That's all you yes. need. Yes. 
And then you create, yep, you create some, because they both move, you know, they're not stagnant. Air is always around us and moving. And, and we think of like, um, you know, the wind turbines can create electricity and they can power homes and factories and businesses. And so can water. They never stop moving. We cannot create the spin of this earth that creates wind. We can't. It's always going to be there. We can't, we can't make a storm. We can harness some of the stuff from it, but we can't make it. The water, the waves, we cannot stop a wave from moving. You could probably dam it up, dam up a river, but not an ocean or, or a lake. We don't have any control over that, but we can harness it. So those same things, they're always moving. And if we allow the heart to open, there's so much that can move from the front to the back. And we think about this armor that's on our back that's heavy and that sometimes we close our shoulders because we're protecting the heart. Or we think of animals and, and you know, like people who believe in, in the evolutionary process, animals, their front was the part that was um, covered. So you have the softer underbelly, your heart is softer, but your back, this is where you have your spine and your, and your, your shell and, and your scales to protect you. So as humans, when we come from the back, you know, we get, shot we get people look at us certain ways they throw words at us and the back you know protects us but we need to break some of that armor off so the heart chakra can go from front to back through the spine as well and radiate love behind us and that's why your picture that we were talking about pre-recording was so powerful because the love even though your back was facing the camera there's so much love that's radiating from your heart through the back so people who have been maybe negative can't touch you they can't touch you and the only thing they can see is love don m rivers talking about the chakras <laughs> she got me over here with the i got chills <laughs> i got i got goose i got goosies as i like to call them <laughs> i got goosies all up and down my arms uh so don you speak so beautifully and so elegantly. You you speak you 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 speak of these other people like when they walk and they talk, they have this energy, this spirit about them and this grace. But that's honestly, you know, when I looked at you and as you were looking at me and you said, I see you that day, I was just looking back at you and saying, Wow, this angelic, graceful mm. being just said, I see you. And I was just at one point. And, you know, this is work I've done on myself. I was like, do I deserve that? Because, no, because, you know, I grew up Christian and I have felt the Holy Spirit and I still feel the Holy Spirit. It's just my perspective has changed Mm -hmm. to encompass a pantheon of Holy Spirits. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But, yeah, just the fact that, you know, that we were just brought together and you still you have this grace that you speak of, of other people. Like, so I see you, I see you as this angelic grace. So I just wanted to let you know that. <laughs> um, thank you. Um, I, I thank you. Yeah. I see that. <laughs> yeah. You, you need to, and I need to receive that you saw me. And although we might, our lights dim and get bright and dim because we can't always be shining the brightest. Otherwise we're going to burn ourselves out. But oh, listen, right right you got it and you what you did is you did this beautiful thing of going and sitting next to nature and anyone that knows me like 
the source of my divinity, myself, the source is nature, right? Whether it's the elements or Mother Nature, Gaia, uh, Oshun, uh, mm-hmm. Ishtar, Inyana, you can go down the list of Freya, Kali. Kali. <laughs> like, let's just, whatever it is, that's, I bow down to that every single day. I see that in every single person, whether you're, wherever you're at on the fluid scale, it don't matter. I see you. And you've taught me that. Faith has taught me that. And I just, yeah, people, I just want people to really see that, that, that you sat in your grief. I did. And that's And I hard. didn't know that's what it was until, like, until I, I was quiet. I was by myself. And I was like, oh, I'm grieving. That's what this is. I didn't know because I've been going and going and going. But yeah, we, this is a this is a state of grief, and we have to allow the grief to happen without rushing it, or we so, won't heal from it. Yeah, and it's so funny that you say this because you know Jessica. Jessica was literally just on talking about sitting in your grief, and mm. <laughs> I, I just want the listeners to know this was not planned. Like. <laughs> This is just how the universe falls into line. Things just link up and that's how it's supposed to happen. <laughs> um, it's kind of crazy. So Don, when you were sitting in the grief next to the water, was there something that you, because you obviously realized that you were sitting in grief and that's how you were able to be aware in that sensation and know that you're healing. Was there a certain type of practice that you do when sitting in grief or do you just sit, contemplate, sit, right? you know, what is your way of actually releasing? I do journal. I've been journaling my entire life. Back in the day, we call it writing in your diary. And now it's like a new word, journaling. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Yeah, I journal for two reasons. I journal for myself to remember because I don't have the best memory and to reflect back later. And I journal to release. And so I needed to do these things in order to, um, to have my body uh, feel better because, yeah, it's like it, it sits in me and I, I get restless, I can't sleep, all those kind of things. Um, but I am, as somebody told me this morning, a busybody. So I think part of my busyness is to ignore <laughs> the signs. <laughs> and so I had to sit still and and surrender basically and that's that's the word that's been coming up more and more i had to just surrender and be still because i was missing it i you know i don't know it was just building up more and more like this this thing it was just adding more bricks and layers and it was getting too heavy so i had to be still and to journal and what i have not been doing and i realized i haven't been praying i've been meditating but i have not been praying so, you know, like meditation to me is listening to God giving me the answers. But I think I've been like still talking too much in meditation and not going first to prayer and then being quiet to meditate. So there's a few things, but basically I had to be, sit your ass down. <laughs> I had to journal and I had to pray. Where do you see yourself? going with the chakras in the future how do you yeah how do you see it helping you grow like if you saw yourself envisioning for me if i was to 
look back at myself back to that day where we met and said, this is where I'm going to be now, I would have looked at you and laughed because I thought it would be impossible. So what does the chakras and your awareness and lead you and also daybreak? So I'm sitting in front of my four books, (laughs) all the chakras, and I keep buying more. And um, (laughs) one of my favorite ones, somebody borrowed, and I have not gotten it back. It's been a year. Because I used to be a librarian and I like to share books because I think it's important to have resources and information to make better choices in our life. So for me, um, I'm actually working on creating a course on the chakras this weekend. Um, but by the time I guess you, you'll have this going, I would have my second, second what I call the mapping of the chakras. And it's, it's basic and we go through all seven but I shouldn't say it's basic because for some people it's a lot because it is. And we're going to talk about colors. We talk about food. We talk about the glandular connections. We talk about some asana. We do some mudra. We do some mantra a little bit because sometimes mantras can be too much for people. And then we do a meditation. So I'm building more around that because I am so attracted to it that I have to share. I have to share. And so, um, that's that's where we're going that's where i'm going anyway is creating more related to it and um as i teach in my yoga training that the yoga asanas when we do our sequencing should balance and open up each one i'm like we don't have to do a headstand you don't have to do that in order to open up the crown there's other ways to do it because Not everybody can. And my whole thing is that everybody can do yoga. So we don't want to isolate people. Um, We want to give them ways to feel empowered when they leave. I always say, I want you to feel better when you leave than when you came in. So how I teach it, how I train it, this course, the other offerings are all pretty much evolving from my desire to know more. That's beautiful, Don. Uh, Okay. So you... One, I love mm-hmm. that because I'm doing the same thing, but with elements, right? So, mm-hmm. and elements align with chakras and mm-hmm. it, it is, you're right. It's this passion that once you learn, especially the mudras, um, me and my partner have a joke every time something like a little thing goes wrong. I'm like, mudra man, here to the rescue. What do you need? Spiritual heart, a little quiet, put the right hand over it, left hand, hliadaya mudra to the rescue. Yeah. I do that and I do crystals. That's my other thing. Mm. Um, I'm like, here, you need this crystal. And I'll just That's, give them away. Like, here's a good grounding one. You know, the mudras and the mantras and the meditations to mm-hmm. help t- tap into it is a beautiful mechanism combination. And for before we go into the practice, like for maybe someone that has never really practiced a mudra or a mantra, and one of the ways that I like to explain it for people that don't understand maybe necessarily um what a chakra is is you know we have everyday terminology that we use you know like Mm -hmm. oh i feel it in my gut oh i feel it in my heart you Mm -hmm. know what is for someone that might just not understand it what is uh your your one to two three ways of like really explaining it well i say um like what I said about carbon, because I think more people understand the idea of carbon um, and how like 
ashes to ashes, dust to dust. We go back to the earth. Mm -hmm. We're part of the earth. And so um, I say that they're energy. These are all pieces of energy and our bodies are energetic bodies. And when you feel lethargic, you say, my energy is low. When you feel excited, your energy is high. And so that is one way for you to understand that your chakras can be blocked or imbalanced because if they're low, if you're feeling low, there's probably something that's blocking the, the vortex from spinning, from moving the energy up through the body and out through the body. Yes. And because I know I, I get people that come to class all the time and they're just like, I didn't feel it. I didn't understand it. What is, you know, and I always got to tell them it's repetition, it's repetition. It's an culminating effect that happens. Um, what would you tell the everyday practitioner that just practices and they just don't get the subtle body? What would you tell them? Well, I would say the same thing. And as you know, what I say is, just like they're a professional athlete or they are a concert pianist or an artist of some type, they have to do the same thing over and over and over until they are great at it or they create this masterpiece or something, you know, until they are inspired. So that writer is inspired. They might have to just write the same stuff over and over. The same thing is in our practice. And because the vrittis, there's so much chatter in our head that we aren't turning that off to feel what we feel or hear or sense the things that we need to. So usually there's just other stuff in the way it's happening. We just didn't know it was happening. We, we haven't attuned ourselves or we haven't become aware. You know, those are some kind of yoga words that we've taken over, but those words mean what they always mean. So being aware is having your, you're like focusing on it, seeing it, having like the light shine on it. But because you're looking around the light at past the light to see what's beyond the light, you didn't see what the light was focusing on. Mm. So practice and, um, and your desire, mm. not the desire that you have to, have to experience, but the desire of letting go, which I'm going back to surrender. Ishvara, Pradihana, the last niyama. Surrender. It's, it's a devotional practice. It doesn't mean that you're giving up. It doesn't mean that you're, you're enslaving yourself. It means that you are, you stop fighting. I also say that when God wants to give you a gift, but your hand is closed, he can't give it to you. So you got to open up your hand to receive the gift. So your hand is closed because you're fighting so hard to find out this experience. Everybody's talking about the bliss that you get in meditation. I'm not getting that bliss. You're fighting it. Your hand is a fist. So therefore, you'll never experience it until you open up and surrender. So, John, just to you know, compile us all together. And you were, we were speaking about this time and this time is like a state of grief. Talk to us about how we can all get a little bit more grounded during this time. Well, like you said in the beginning, going outside, my Reiki master says, hug a tree, Dawn, go hug a tree. <laughs> I used to think she was wacko, but I get it. I was born in Virginia and I would go um, visit my granny, my brother and I on holidays. You know, like, especially if you have roots down south and you grew up north, your parents would send you down south. So I would run in the grass. I didn't know that running in the grass 
was a one way to help heal this idea of being safe because the muladhara, which is the root, is your support system. When you don't feel safe, when you don't feel secure, when you feel overwhelmed, when you feel disconnected, when you feel money issues are coming up, when you don't know where the food's coming from, how to pay your bills, that's usually because you don't feel safe. So being outside, taking your shoes off, walking in the grass, walking in the dirt, planting flowers, looking at the sky, those will help. Actually, there is um, some affirmations that work too. Knowing that you exist, that you're worthy. Um, We also call this uh, Sankopa. I call it my life mantra. When you know you have the right to have like a positive resolution from life. So you create words like I can or I am. And you say those can help you feel grounded. And a little shadow work that you talked about, like when we go back to see what the root cause of why we feel this way and heal it, it might be through therapy. It might be through talking to certain people, putting up boundaries or guardrails, as I call it, um, borders to keep you safe and you can let people in or you just say, I'm not ready for you to come in. Those things can help you feel grounded because these are the primarial, you know, the, the primal things that are missing. So we, we act out with anger and sadness and fear and disillusionment. We don't have joy. We are always in a survival mode. Our fight or flight is on constantly. Sometimes a nap is necessary during the day and forgive yourself. Take a nap. Or as I said, sit your ass down. Those things will help to heal you. As well as like, you know, just sitting in an uh, easy pose, cross your legs. You know, if your hips are tight, sit up on a, a bolster, put one hand on the ground and one hand on your heart and that grounds you. I think of this seed that we all have in us. And so your muladhara is around um, your sex organs between your anus and your sex organs. And so for women, they say it's at your cervix. For men, it's at your prostate. So it's in that, like up in you, around the tailbone, around that area. And so when you sit and you kind of do your mula bandha, when you pull up and you kind of firm up in your perineum, that locks that energy in. So you feel safe. So you kind of squeeze that area. And then so that seed is planted. As the spine is tall, the crown can open up and then the sun comes in to nourish that seed that will slowly come up and hit each one of the chakras until it's open to God, to the divine and spreads up through the top of your head. So you've got a root to rise or ground to grow, those same ideas. And then you're able to get past the things of, that scare you, that make you feel insecure, that make you doubt yourself. Don, again, thank you for sharing your love of the chakras. And all right, Don, that was so amazing. Just I love the the sharing of the chakras and just your passion and how it's just overlaps so much of our lives. And if listeners want to get to know the chakras through your lens and through your perspective and just dive even deeper, how can they get a hold of you? How can they follow you? And you got any events coming up? 
Well, yeah. First of all, they can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Dawn underscore M underscore Rivers. And Daybreak Yoga is my studio. We have information on there. So it's daybreak.yoga or daybreak underscore yoga on either Instagram or Facebook. Um, and our website is daybreak.yoga. I'm actually creating my own website and branding me. So dawnandrivers.com will be coming out if I hit all my deadlines um, in September. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the online course will be coming out this fall. Um, uh, we'll also be offering mapping the chakras this fall. I don't have a definitive, definitive date, but I do have um, uh, what I call self-care Sunday, in which we do yoga journaling and meditation. And we will be talking about more of the, the Muladhara. That's September 20th, also known as Dawn Timber. My birthday's in September, September 21st. So that's like my... Um, my gift to to everybody i want to to help us um, find more freedom and wholeness happiness so those things are coming up um more more things are coming so if they follow me on the gram dawn m rivers and uh facebook they'll see everything and as as always we will include all that information in the show notes below so that you can just click on the links and uh find dawn at your fingertips a little bit easier. Uh, Don, before we say goodbye, is there a certain way that you would like to uh, say goodbye to the listeners? Yes. Yeah. yes. Go ahead. So first of all, rub your hands together. A little friction. Um, because the prana is always moving and we do have chakras in our hands and it's kind of harnessing that prana. Put your right hand on your belly around your your belly button and your left hand on your heart, sitting tall where you are, feet planted or legs crossed, gently closing your eyes. Take a deep breath in through the nose and exhale with a sigh. May you be happy. May you be whole. May you be free. Bring your hands to your heart center and Anjali Mudra. Namaste. Thanks for listening to the Sacred Exchange podcast. Make sure you leave a review in comments below. And if you were inspired and felt the call to share a part of your healing story, use the email in the description and reach out. Until next time, keep unraveling, keep learning, and remember your breath, your energy, and divinity.